And welcome back to A Pig in Heart in Maine. On today's show, I want to continue from the last show, and this time talk about the element of air. And to start us off, this is Heather Dale with Come and Be Welcome. Come and be welcome, a wandering minstrel, spreading your music from city to town. Be you harper or piper, your duty is noble. You carry the tunes that will never die down. Come from the forest and sit round the fire. Come from the fields and enter our hall. Come drink from the guest cup, come join in our circle. Come and be welcome, ye bards, one and all. Come and be welcome, O noble court poet. The treasure of knowledge is kept in your words. So unlock the riches of rhyme and of rhythm, and let all the wealth of your wisdom be heard. Come from the forest and sit round the fire. who you meet in life, who you never realize made a difference in your life until later. And today's story is about one of those people in my life. 
Back in high school, I was part of a drama class in a theatrical group called Pentangle Players. And throughout high school, we performed many different plays and musicals. And it was a fun class to be in. Especially as I was the only boy in a class of 30 women my age. The only part I didn't like was when you had to get up in front of people and act. Now you might say, well, why were you in a class that required you to do something you really didn't want to do? And my reason was I was 16 years old, and I'll refer back to the 30-some-odd young women my age in the classroom. So I learned to act and dance and sing. We did a review of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, where all of us had to dress up like, well, you guessed it, cats. Now this worked incredibly well for the ladies, but not so much for the large guy in the middle of the room. I looked more like a bear than a cat. But we made it work. I was supposed to be a cat, Any audience put away their disbelief, and I do think it would have been easier if I'd been wearing a big sign around my neck that said, I am a cat, not a bear. Meow. Now with many of our productions, if we forgot lines, we improvised. Sometimes we missed our cues, and now my biggest fear was getting up in front of people and failing. I really didn't want to freeze up in front of people. And one of the things they tell you to do to help stage fright is picture everyone you see naked. Now, of course, I'm 16 years old in a class full of beautiful women. Why it hadn't occurred to anyone that this was already a set activity in my daily routine was beyond me. But it doesn't work. In fact, it was more of a distraction than a help. I guess the biggest trick is basically to get out of your own head and stop thinking about possibly messing up. We would team up with the drama club at our rival school at the other end of town, and I remember in particular doing a dinner theater. The audience enjoyed a good supper and two short plays. One we did was a short murder mystery, and the other was a murder comedy. And the set prop that tied the two together was an old wooden coffin. Now for the first play, I played the part of the corpse standing upright in a coffin. Now you would think that that would be an easy part, but it's not. The storyline was that after about 10 minutes, the rest of the cast would, quote, discover, end quote, the dead body. Namely me, when they opened the coffin. And then I would be laying in the coffin for the next 15 to 20 minutes, propped up for all the audience to see. I would have to stand there totally still, breathing shallow. Now, during practice, I realized this wasn't going to be as easy as I thought. For some reason, every time we practiced, they opened the coffin, took a deep breath, and half of us would burst out laughing, and that would just crack me up. It's a very uncommon behavior for a corpse. So laying in a closed coffin for 10 minutes, while still very much alive, can really mess with your head in ways you cannot possibly imagine. And I think just the thrill of having that lid opened created a desire to reaffirm life, thus laughter. The next part was then having to stand there for 20 minutes with my eyes closed, not moving, not coughing, nothing, and telling myself not to sneeze, not to move, not to do anything. And to do that, you have to get into character and really get out of your own head and be in the moment, not thinking about the myriad ways of failing, but just doing. Now, sometimes we would miss a line, Sometimes we would not be in the right place, and we would practice. When it came down to showtime, I was in the coffin and just took a deep breath and told myself to just get out of my own way. I had a part to play, 
and this is what I had to do, and it went off without a hitch. The second play I played a part of an Irish cop, and right from the beginning I messed up a line. I quickly corrected it and my castmate, and I ad-libbed to get back to where we were supposed to be. The audience didn't even know anything had gone wrong. Now I heard a comedian once say, if you're born into this world, you're given free tickets to the freak show. If you're born in the United States, you have front row seats. And I thought about that and thought about all the different actors in this performance called life. You have the set designers, people who work behind the scenes. You have the actors on stage performing, the musicians in the pit. And you have the audience, and they're part of the act too. Each of us are in the theater and are a grand part of the performance. Some of us sit in the audience and enjoy the show. Some of us are on stage performing. Some of us are working hard behind the scenes to make the show happen. And some of the actors sit down and people from the audience come up to the stage. This is life. We are all freaks in the freak show. We all have a part to play. And then I think about how scary it can be to perform. And this is where you need to get out of your own head, to get out of your own way and just be. It's good to make plans and practice and prepare, but people will forget their parts, lines will get screwed up, and people will not be in their proper places, and there'll be a lot of ad-libbing going on. But the bottom line is to be in the moment and have fun. It's showtime.
And that was Gaia Consort with Beltane Fires. And I do want to give a shout-out to my old music and drama teacher, Thomas Maloney of Platt High School in Meriden, Connecticut. Thank you for the wonderful memories. On the last show, I talked a little about the element of Earth, and I want to continue with the elements by talking about air. When I think about air, the first thing I think about is breathing. Now, breathing is automatic, so we don't think about it much. In fact, usually the only time we think about breathing is when we can't breathe. We need air to survive, and it's not just about having air around us. It's about renewal, breathing in the good air and breathing out the bad. Air cannot be seen. It can represent the unknown. We talk about the winds of change. And while we cannot see the wind, we can see its effect on other things, the leaves and the fields. It surrounds us and is in us. The seasons are born on the winds. We talk of traveling with the wind at our back. Air is about communication. Our voices are carried through the air, the vibrations reaching our ears. Messages are carried through the air. Even the gods use the air and those with wings to bring messages. We look at angels, the raven and the crow, the thunderbird of the native tribes, the Greek goddess Iris, the Romans Mercury. Where earth represents stability, a set and steady path, the air represents a freedom. Air is change, its directions change. The winds blow as they will, and the air changes within our breath. So what does that mean to me? Even as a steady drumbeat of the earth moves us forward, we have to breathe. Old breath out and new breath in. If you hold your breath, it becomes stagnant and you pass out and die. And this applies to all areas of life. We usually breathe without thinking about it. And most of us go through life the same way. We just don't think about it. We stay in the same routines day after day, and it's only during the times in life we can't breathe that we think about it. Most people don't like change, but change is a good thing. And just like you can control your breathing, you can control your life the same way. Try this. Think about your breathing. Take a nice, slow, deep breath in and slowly let it out. You do this several times and you'll start to feel relaxed. You can do the same thing in your everyday life. Take a life breath in. Bring something into your life that's new. It could be a potted plant, or changing the living room around, or going for a walk, or trying a new spice in a recipe. Let a breath out. Take something you don't want in your life and get rid of it. Move the broken stuff to the trash. When you consciously breathe this way, you allow the universe to renew and refresh your life. By getting rid of things, you stir up the wind in your life and allow room for better things to come in. As communication, words have meaning and words have power. Again, like breathing, many of us don't think about our words until the words choke us. It's about controlled breathing. Listen to good positive words, get rid of the bad. Words have power. Find words to share and ways of sharing those words to build up, not tear down. Saying things like I love you or sharing pleasant memories and kind thoughts. Consciously knowing what you are saying and meaning it. Surrounding ourselves with others who share good thoughts and good air, so to say. Words once said cannot be taken back, so it's up to us to say the right words. 
Like a tornado, the wrong words said quickly and in anger can destroy homes and lives in the blink of an eye. Change comes on like the wind, and it can blow many directions. And many times we can control which direction by consciously breathing in our communication, in our home and life, and the things we do. So let go and breathe out the stagnant things and breathe in the fresh and new. And may the wind be at your back. Countryside 
with a golden treasure trove and a dragon guarding over there's a lonely mountain lies in a far-off countryside with a golden treasure trove and a dragon guarding that was Sound Destiny with A Lonely Mountain. Sound Destiny is a wonderful band out of Australia, and most of their music is inspired by the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. And I want to thank Green Man Took over at the Voice of Middle Earth podcast for turning me on to this band. You can find a link to his show on my website at www.paganheartinmaine.com. And so I'm going to call this episode 35 As always, all music is used with permission of the artists. And you can find links to the artists at paganheartandmain.com. You can also find me on Facebook as Grey Wolf Moonsong. Please write anytime. I'd love to hear from you all. And to close out today's show, this is Blackmore's Night with Morning Star. Until next time, have a blessed Beltane and bright blessings.